like scary stories, if you like tasty beers, open up your mouth holes and open up your ears for... Starting off the episode real strong with a lot of unearned respect for Engineer Bob. <laughs> Wait, what? What are you talking there about? Was, there was yes sirring and no sirring in a way that I felt like you've not earned. This is, oh. the, this is the first time I felt like the podcast started off on the right foot for fuck's sake. <laughs> Look, you got to tell us to shut animals. up. Look, it's been and rough for Bob. Just- we need to, I need to show him love. I have to live with him. So I need to yeah. show the respect that he deserves. There we go. <laughs> sure, which that is none. Talking. I share a bit. Which is none respect. You're wow. you are halfway across. Oh, the look country. at that! The computer shut off, and the whole podcast <laughs> oh, yeah. is fucked. Where, are you, where really... are you at now, Smarty Pants? <laughs> oh my gosh! I forgot. I was going to tell you, Engineer Bob. I went to a bird show this week. A bir- wait, a, a bird, bird show? show? Yes. Yep. I went to a bird show. I'm just going to leave it at that. But I met a, I met a parrot who talked, and one of the things the parrot did was imitate other animals. So I have a video of a parrot pretending to be a cat that I almost sent you at like 11:30 <laughs> at night. I'm glad you did. I would have just destroyed, destroyed my phone. phone. Yeah. Like completely out of context just a grainy cell phone footage of a mildly dark i bird doing a cat impersonation <laughs> i was trying to figure out if a bird acting like a cat would set would me off the you? same way a human oh i don't think you need we can figure it out at the break i can send you the video <laughs> yeah you know what no you know what? let's do it I want, i'm ready to uh, you know take this experiment to its logical conclusion Let's okay. see how irritated I get. <laughs> okay, okay. Come back for round two and we'll catch you up on how the bird drama goes. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, but but I'm not going to start with bird drama. I'm actually going to start us off with something that friend sent me a few days ago, which I thought was so out of left field that we had to share it with all oh, of you. Oh, okay. Yeah, friend. I did not tell Engineer Bob this, so this oh. is all new oh, to him. I, I will... I will say, credit where credit's due, if it is the thing I think it is, it was sent to me by one of our lovely gentle listeners, <gasps> one of our non-garbage people Florida listeners, I will say. Oh, hey. Mm. Thank you, non-garbage Florida listener. Nice. Yeah. Um, this is um, a, it's a new class in a college in, in Westminster College in Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City, Utah. I just want to have that in your head so you can imagine what it is. Okay. It is um, a, it's Film 300. It carries three credits toward the Film 300 program. And what it is, is a uh, course entitled Hardcore Pornography. <laughs> it's a class about P's going in V's and, and in B's. B's. That's right. And V's rubbing City? on V's. Yes! Right. Yep. The description for the course reads. It's about um, soaking. We will watch. <laughs> we will watch pornographic films together and discuss the sexualization of race, class and gender and as an experimental radical art form. As part of this analysis, Westminster College and universities across the country often examine potentially offensive topics like pornography to further understand their pervasiveness and impact. This is just a bunch of repressed Mormons watching fucking porn and deeming it education. There's only one way we're going to be able to watch porn, brothers. (laughs) 
have to study like it. solid LDS mommies and daddies are not paying for their children to go to porno class porno also, class how uncomfortable would you be watching their description hardcore pornography in a classroom with a bunch of strangers and I assume a middle-aged white man? There's going to be so well, many boners popped that you're going to have to like cross your legs and then it's like, oof, how can you then be like, I just came in my pants. Let me talk about. I mean, I, yeah. How many people taking bathroom breaks in the middle of this class? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I don't know. Did, did, did they turn the lights down in class? They they, turn down? I they would hope not. Better. Is there? Is Pee Wee Herman there? Is it a lot of lot of uncomfortable leg crossing and uncrossing? Yep. I just I would be so uncomfortable yes. as someone who's very comfortable with the human body. Right. I don't want to watch porn with strangers. Yeah. No. No. It's here. You know, I was trying to figure here's, out how to say the grossest version of anything, hardcore. and everything was awful. I just didn't want to go. It's just yeah, it, hardcore pornography is is as American as apple pie. I mean, they're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, and more popular than Sunday night football. <laughs> Our approach to this billion-dollar industry is as both a clash cultural phenomenon that reflects and reinforces sexual inequalities, um, and as an art form that requires serious contemplation. Not an art form, but okay. I mean, I also wonder what their definition of hardcore that pornography is, is. It might be like light caressing and like touching. Like maybe it's you'll see like, a boob. It's just is, is this like the Nicholas Sparks of porn? It's, you yeah. know, it's that one show where they like maybe show a boob and a butt. Yeah. What was that show called? Um, Sex Talk or something? That. Uh, no. I don't know. That was on HBO. That oh. wasn't Cinemax. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, the HBO show was Real Sex. Real Sex. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's not yeah, hardcore I just, pornography, though. No, no. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I mean, thank you I for mean, that. Like, I, I just remembered uh, in college, we turned it on once, and there was a whole episode where a section of it was about people who put, like, uh, dessert toppings on their... On their on their privates. <laughs> Wait, I'll never on, forget on not in on. Okay, and I'll never forget the funniest fucking shot was just like this guy had put a bunch of like bananas. Cho- no, no, no. Oh. Just let let me tell a fucking story. <laughs> <laughs> this guy had put like a bunch of chocolate sauce and he put a bunch of whipped cream around his flaccid penis and on his balls and then they took a bowl of sprinkles and gently raised it up (laughs) cupping his balls so he was like teabagging the sprinkles he was teabagging the sprinkles teabagging the sprinkles as you watch it gently lift his he's got like an elephant trunk with some sprinkles on it oh my god Um, I have not thought about that in 20 years (laughs) oh my god um Many, many moons ago, I discovered that one of my uh, partners was uh, cheating on me because I looked because his phone alerted with like a picture and the picture was of another woman who had turned just one of her breasts into a Sunday. Just one. Just one. And you could like see the other one in the photo, but it was like whipped cream and a cherry with like nuts on it. And I was like, why? 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 Hmm. Are, see, here's the thing. And then he, she's sending it to somebody who's not there with her. And it's like, well, now what are you going to do with this like Sunday tit that you've got I going on I think it here? was like, I think it was an enticement. Like, 
come, come over. on over. But it's like LA traffic. That whipped cream's gonna melt. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you are you're two days down. You're gonna be so sticky. So sticky. You're gonna be so sticky. It's not Speaking easy. of being sticky. Gross. Hi. It's just gross. Welcome to the Booze and Bruce podcast. We are the podcast where we tell each other ghost stories. We drink thematically appropriate beer. And I feel fairly confident in saying that none of our uh, primary or secondary sexual organs are currently in any state of dessert. Nope. That's true. That's true. I have no whipped cream anywhere. I don't have yeah. whipped cream in my house. Nope. No even... sprinkles on my balls. <laughs> I mean, I think your balls would go in the sprinkles, right? That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, that there's a lot of correct. cupping happening right now on the video. But I, yeah, yeah. I would imagine that after you've coated them in various chocolate sauces and syrups, that when you removed the, the bowl, stick. yeah, that they would stick delightfully to your balls. Is the kink that someone eats your dick and balls clean? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't know. Do you know how much alcohol has been yeah, consumed been between a lot then of and now? Since then, I remember that shot though, and I remember laughing at it at the moment. Laughing at it laughing now. About it now. What made you, in a group setting, turn on light pornography material? I don't know. Alcohol? You're you're stupid in college. Why the fuck do you turn anything on? I don't know. You're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a circle jerk that happened later that that's just, you know, I, I, I assumed I, to I was definitely a privates. What did you do in college? You dipped I feel in like chocolate sauce after. <laughs> I didn't yeah, tell I, you that it was the segment we had filmed for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Join our Patreon. No, <laughs> I will not let Bob dip his nuts in sprinkles for money. Dip my nuts in sprinkles for the podcast Patreon. Yeah, maybe the get them undies level could now be edible undies. No, oh god, no. It'll Sticky. be like it'll be like a chocolate shell casting of my balls. <laughs> <laughs> a magic shell. Oh my god! They gotta oh. use that special chocolate that they use in the dilly bars. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not talking about. Well, at least. I, I feel like there will probably be no casting of balls in this episode. No casting of balls, but I, I am pornographer adjacent in my story. Ooh. Oh. A little, little bit, a little saucy action. There um, we go. But first the beer, to which inspires our story. Yes. So so this week we are drinking yet another uh, brew from Mankato Brewing. Is this the last one? <laughs> um, Maybe, question mark. I think there's one more. I think that okay. I did three of the four, but it's a 12 pack. So I still have a lot left. Got it. It's probably some of it's going down the drain. But anyway, this is Sector Berry. It's a raspberry blonde and it's got like this um, futuristic robot looking girl, like blonde girl. And she's looking got all it. badass and stuff. And so we were like, I don't know what to do. We went for low hanging fruit and we decided Lady Ghosts. Lady ghost. Nice. Lady ghost. Because there's a lady on a can and the ladies can be ghosts. If I'm being honest with you, I hate this beer the least of all the beers yeah, we've had. Of all oh, the beers so it, is, had. it is getting better. I feel like each week you guys hate it less. It doesn't mean I don't like it. It doesn't have a very strong flavor of anything. It's just not a bad flavor. Okay, so everything seems very watered down from this brewery. Yeah, it's not my favorite. But anyway... So for my lady ghost, I am going to tell you about the Red Onion Saloon. Gross. Nice. Gross. <laughs> Why? Because there are fucking lady ghosts, Vanessa. All it's right, in- fine, fine. I'll allow it. 
Uh, onions are garbage food, but it's fine. Look, there are no onions connected to the story. It's just All right, names. I said I'll allow it. They're a wonderful just... aromatic, and they're very important to most cooking. I don't know what you're talking about. Garbage food. We're going to disagree food. here. So, the Red Onion Saloon is located in Skagway, Alaska. Okay, you way. It, and is a former <laughs> brothel-turned-restaurant-slash-bar built in 1898. Oh, man, you love the health code violations on a brothel-turned-restaurant. <laughs> the restaurant came much, much later. Okay, like I'm just saying don't later. order the ranch dressing. Brothel-turned-restaurant-turned-brothel-restaurant. Turned-restaurant. Restaurant. That's where you get... The uh the whipped cream boobies. That's, yeah. that's where you get yeah. one whipped cream sundae. Oh, what a yeah. just, just one boob sundae. Just one. Um, Skagway, which is the Americanized pronunciation slash spelling of a Native American word meaning the um home of the north wind. Okay. The yep. home of farts. Yes, the northern northern farts. Uh, was founded in 1897, about one year after gold was discovered in Alaska. The settlement was founded by a guy named Captain William Moore, who was a former riverboat captain, trade packer, and old-timey prospector. Got it. He started, uh, sorry, he staked his claim to about 160 acres of waterfront property in 1887 and began building a wharf, kind of knowing at this point, hey, this this land is going to be very important at some point in the future. It connects them, you know, kind of mainland to Alaska. If there's Got one it. So thing he I'm was... good at doing, it's taking pickaxes and nick, knocking things out of the rocks in the, in the mountains. Let but he do was... Now, is figure out how to build a wharf, and I'm sure I'll be very good at it as an old-timey prospector. And riverboat captain. And riverboat captain. And riverboat captain. Yes. So he was more focused on the, uh, like, merchandising of the land yes. than he was looking for gold on term, Well, and then guy. he was also a prospector, and I think he was prospecting for gold before it was discovered, but was like, if it was discovered, I could make a lot more money as he well. prospecting Like, for I can charge towns, people for stuff. So he, he was a forward-thinking man. Got it. Um, Forward-thinking, old-timey prospector. Old-timey yes. prospector. In um, the future, you'll be able to. You know how we have. You know, we 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 can send telegrams. So what if you could send a telegram from a little black thing in your pocket? Call it the cell phone. I call it a, uh, uh, an eye telegram. Telegram. Oh, That's what, what I think is going to happen in the future. What year is this? Eighteen ninety-seven. Okay. I mean, what if there were birds? Is- people could ride. <laughs> But they were made of metal. Metal metal bird rides. That's what I'd call them. Mm-hmm. What if there was a box in my living room that contained tiny people that entertained me all day? <laughs> yes. You wouldn't have to go down to the picture show. You could bring it right into your house. Picture show. There were no moving pictures at what this point. You could, go, you could take the broth, the broth, sing and dance ladies from there the brothel. The vaudeville. Your, yeah, vaudeville. Yeah. There you go. That's a word. Imagine if you had a machine that could clean things. Imagine so, if you had a brush for your hair, but it was for your teeth. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> for your tooth. Your, your, your tooth. tooth. <laughs> your single solitary tooth. <laughs> anyway, um, according to the almost 40-year-old article I read, the wharf was still standing. Is it? Who oh, knows? Oh, I'm but proud of, of him. But as of 1984, it was. Um, I'm gonna, you know what? It, it's still there. It's still there. It's, it's totally, structurally sound. Oh, it yeah. passed. It's up to code. Oh, it's super up to code. We put it on the internet. It's true now. Yep. That old-timey prospector was was a genius architect. He really was. 
th- that's what he learned in riverboat captain school was how to make yeah, structurally that's what they, they, sound he, wharfs. Yeah, he took wharf architecture 101 yeah. and wharf he really... Yes. Yeah, war architecture. It's a four-week correspondence course, but they really hammer home the architecture part. So about 10 years I was later, going to become a dental assistant, but then I thought, no, <laughs> it's no. war architecture for war me. Architecture. So about 10 years later, gold was discovered in Alaska, and the first ship of miners arrived to what was then called Mooresville Wharf, gave himself a little name, um, on July 29th, 1897. Almost immediately, the miners pushed more out of his claim and established their own in its place. They're like, oh, you're cute, old man. Yes. I'm much younger and have weapons. I'm going to move you out. That's sad. So the main culprit of this land thievery was a surveyor and former Oregon County official named Frank Reed, who had recently been acquitted of murder in the shooting of an unarmed man. Oh, I mean, that is one way to get a gold claim. Be yeah. like, I've killed before and I'll do it I again. I fucking do it again. Um, He did meet Frank, did meet a violent end. There was another con man in town and the two of them, he had like his little posse that would try to con people out of their gold, out of their claims. And Frank had had enough. There was a shootout between the two. And Frank killed this guy and the other guy killed Frank. But Frank got the much nicer memorial in the cemetery. What if instead of a horse, you had a horse with wheels? Maybe if you had a horse with wheels. An automatic horse. Now you're you're talking crazy talk. I'm forward thinking, you know. (laughs) What if that horse was like 400 horses? (laughs) That's just one. You'd never get that many horses to work together. So anyway, Frank laid Maybe out... Maybe you wouldn't. <laughs> Frank laid out a new town on Moore's homestead, sold over 3,600 lots, and did not give Moore a dime. I was like, yeah, that feel- it felt like he had a real big claim. I feel like he maybe should have hungered down and been like, this... this 20 feet is mine. Yeah, he had 160 Easily acres. defensible. 160 acres, and these guys just came in, and the guy yeah, was my land now. I'm going to sell plots of it to other people and not give you any of maybe it. Maybe instead yeah. of building a wharf, he should have built, like, a wall. A gun? Yeah. Or two. <laughs> he should have built a wall. He should have made Mexico pay for it. Yeah. 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 Um, also, I feel like now he knows how the Native Americans felt. <laughs> yes. He firsthand had his own little experience about mm. another white man coming in. And taken his land. Ah, whitey. Ah, in 1900, the town became... We're not to be trusted. No. No. Anybody. Um, in 1900, the town became Alaska's first incorporated city. But by that point, prospectors were already abandoning Skagway for Nome, uh, where more gold had been uh, discovered. The population yeah, we of want the, the goldiest gold. Yeah. The population of the town reached a peak of 10,000 people um, only... Like a, like a year into the gold rush. Um, but by the early 1900s, when the city was actually incorporated, only a few hundred people remained. So it, it like got its incorporation like two days before Juno became a city. And at that point, I was like, why is why are we cityying? No one lives here anymore. Got it. It was like a death rattle, pretty much. Yeah, they tried. Um. Anyway, today, uh, the permanent population of Skagway is a little over a thousand people, um, but the town is a popular stop on many a cruise to Alaska and like, oh, I Canada. Bet. Yeah. Um, so about a hundred thousand people during the peak travel months of May to September, about a hundred thousand people visit Skagway every year. That's that is such a big uptick in people. <laughs> yeah. And but they're all like day travelers you know they come in through the day they do their thing they hop back on the cruise ship and they go it's just like one of those port stop things so yeah. it's not like 
they they make a bunch of money, but it's like the hotel is probably not. You don't make yeah. a lot of money in hotelery. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so one of the popular stops on the tour of Skagway is the Red Onion Saloon. All right, all right. Uh, opened out of necessity uh, for fucking drinking and gambling. Uh, um, yeah, I need all those things. Yes, especially when you're prospecting for gold all day. Y- yeah. The Red Onion was the most stylish uh, brothel in all the realm. Wow. At the I mean, time. if you're going to if you're going to fuck a whore, fuck yeah. a stylish whore. You fuck yeah. a stylish whore. Um, the saloon was built with planks of wood from Captain Moore's sawmill. They let him keep that. They were like, okay. it's not gold. Therefore, you can have it. So he wasn't completely destitute. He did have a sawmill. And the okay. wood from that uh, helped build the Red uh, Onion Saloon. And um, it was open from 1898 until 1901. The downstairs housed the saloon. And upstairs were 10 small rooms, which were called cribs, where the girls would work. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. And, and one larger room called the madam's room. Oh, my God. That's where the madam Ribs. lived. Because really, when the prospector comes in after a hard day, he just needs to be rocked to sleep as he sucks his thumb and cries. It's a hard life, if I'm being honest with you. <sighs> He's a big baby. I'm a large, uh, I'm a large infant large boy. Large infant boy. <laughs> yes, with white a, hair and a, a donkey. Spa- need a spanking. I feel like they're going to watch videos of that at that uh, Salt Lake City class. Pornography Tell me class. I'm naughty. Tell me I've been Sp- a bad boy. Spank me. Change my the, diaper. The most... <laughs> The most well-known uh, madam to... Put horse blinders on me and walk me around the room. <laughs> Step on my balls and dip them in sprinkles. Mm-hmm. The most well-known madam to work at the Red Onion Saloon was a woman named Diamond Lil Davenport. Diamond Lil... Davenport. Davenport. Yes, it's a given name. That uh, is her Christian name. It's not her Christian name. Her Christian name was like... Evelyn something or other. Okay. Um, anyway, so she was an immigrant from the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Okay. Arrived in America in the 1880s. Yeah, spe- speak of, speaking of put horses blinders on me and walk me around the room. You will be fucked now! Yeah. Um, in, she, the back, in the cribs! She stood almost six feet tall and sported a small diamond in one of her front teeth. Hence the name Diamond Lil. Oh, dude, this lady rules. Yeah, she was pretty She cool. is, I feel like I would play her as a video game character. Yes. You see pictures of her. There are pictures of her online and she does. Yeah, she could be. She's a playable character, I bet. I like it. I yeah. like it. Um, She made her way to Skagway as part of the Alexander Pantages vaudeville circuit. Um, She performed in the town during the gold rush, but saw dollar signs when she got to the brothel. So she was not a working girl herself. But she saw an opportunity. And she, she said, went, I shall not fuck, but I shall make others fuck for my money. For my money. Exactly. And she was like, this will get me so much more money than singing and dancing for these drunken idiots. Cool. Um, Lil, by no means, was a bad uh, madam. She was very good to her girls, by all accounts. Um, she had three requirements for her clientele. Her um, clientele. So for the prospectors. For the yeah, for the old miners, there were three requirements. Okay. One. Okay, what they have to have? They needed to show a clear bill of health from a Skagway doctor. One. Okay, what does that even mean? You don't have fucking syphilis. 
do you have an STD? Then you can. I was like, how do they even check? I don't. Okay, sure. Great. They would have what to go to the doctor. What they do is they uh, take a trawler that they'd usually use on the, at the mining sites. They'd put it straight up your pee hole and just kind of squirt, you know, yeah. swirl it out there Work it and around. see what comes out. Like a pipe. I'm sure they were just like, does your pee have blood in it? No, you're good. Probably yeah, does good. your dick itch? Can I see actual bugs in your pubic hair? Good enough. Um, Two. Is there a type of hair that doesn't have bugs in it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> two. They needed Sadly, to show... Yes. Proof that they uh, could pay her high fees. Okay, bank statement. <laughs> okay, go. Oh, to they your... gotta. They, they gotta show them nugs. That's right. They have to show you're not just gonna fuck mm. my girl and then try to run off. Fuck your yeah. girl and with these three, nugs. What's up? And three, they had to provide a fucking reference showing that they were a man of quality character. Oh my God! My mother wrote me a note so I could fuck a horse. So I could fuck a horse. <laughs> Fresh out my mama's handwriting. Look at my so mama nice. thinks I'm a good whore fucker. I'm I, mommy's good little boy. Oh, I feel like that's Change going a whole other way. Change my diaper, mommy. <laughs> um, once they show these three requirements, um, then they would be allowed to frequent her establishment. Um, she was, like I said, very protective of her girls. They were treated well. Um, they had a bouncer on staff that would okay. go in to make sure that, because um, there were set times, which I'll get into in a second. Um, so at the end of their session, he, the bouncer, if you did not come out after that time, he would go in and forcibly remove you. Be like, he was done. like, you're done you're whether done. you're done or not. Yeah, exactly. You could be two seconds from spurting, but you're done. Um, <laughs> like, like. He's it's like going. jizzing as he's being pulled out the door and down the stairs. Ah. He's like, oh, oh. like, like little bitty droplets at every like stair that yeah. his feet hit on the was being he's dragged like out. Marking his territory like an animal. Oh, oh, that's my stair. That's my stair. That's my stair. Um. Anyway, and then there were also um various safeguards in place to prevent the girls from being robbed as well. So, oh, like, great! Yeah. I like her. I mean, she's looking out. I appreciate that. Yeah. She was like, look, obviously, this is a profession that is going to need to be here. These minors get lonely. Yeah. These girls need to make money. It's going to happen. If it's going to happen, I'll make sure no one gets hurt doing it. So, yeah. Nice. Um, and these girls, while well-treated, worked very hard. Their vaginas and their mouths were very, very, very busy. Each girl worked 12-hour shifts, Jeez. 15 minutes for each client. So, if you oh do my the math... God. Do the math. Did you math that? Yes. 48 dudes a shift. 48 loads a day. A day. Yeah. 48 loads blown daily. Blown daily. That it per person. Per person. Yeah. And they had 10 cribs. So there were 480 loads blown a day in this establishment. Um, did they was there any sort of like if you did like a butt load? You got like a 15 minute respite. No. 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 There, there were no, no respite. respite. Yeah. No, no, no. You just kept going. I mean, sometimes you you could if you fucked a guy back to back to back 15 minutes. I mean, the I'll get to it in a second. But um, nonstop loads, nonstop loads. Yeah. I mean, it, I feel like to, to be grosser than we even normally are on this show. The last two hours of that day. That woman is just a faucet. Yeah. You know? it, yes. Mingling other dudes. Ooh, man. 
Yeah. Like you are fucking more jizz than woman at that point. No. You know what I mean? <laughs> that wetness you're feeling yeah. ain't from her. <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just yeah. Like you want to be there. Like you want Doors the eight a.m. slot. Yeah, you, you know you what I'm saying? Park open. You gotta, you gotta be, be there. Yeah, you open. gotta be there for rope drop. Yeah. Like even. Oh God. See if you can I mean, sneak or in five may, minutes maybe early. you maybe you want there to be a little. I don't know. I just feel like by 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 forty by the fortieth yeah. person, it's there's just, just you're in a kiddie pool of jizz. Yeah, <laughs> a, a jizzy pool. I think yeah, that's yeah. The, uh, maybe that's why they're point. called cribs because they're full of kiddie pools full of jizz. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, so yes, adventures with the girls would cost our minors five bucks. Cause I feel like they're not using condoms, right? I don't know if condoms existed in 1898. Did they? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a condom historian. No? Shocking. Uh, so yes. I'm a condom historian. Romps with the, the ladies of the night were five bucks. The ladies of the afternoon. Or the ladies of the early morning. Or the ladies of the morning if you're smart. Um, it cost five bucks, so a dollar twenty-five would go to the girl. Yes, friend. Uh, they were invented in eighteen thirty-nine, okay. popularized by the eighteen fifties. So maybe condoms were utilized, but they were rubber and the thickness of a bicycle inner tube, and had to be custom fitted. Oh God, it's so a reusable like, condom. So like you had a condom. Just one. That's it. That's that your you brought with you to the brothel. Oh, that was like fucking it's trying to stick your dick into a bike tube. And the, yeah, ooh, no, I feel like latex didn't come around until the 1920s. Oh, man. I couldn't use it anywhere. I had a latex allergy. Yeah. I stick like to my bicycle tube. You're just fucking a bicycle tube. <laughs> Ugh. The friction. The lube was lube invented at that point. Better than I mean, nothing. you don't need lube. You're full of jizz. <laughs> Good point. You could not be any fuller of jizz. So anyway, a dollar twenty-five went to the girl. Two fifty went to Diamond Lil, and the rest went to the bouncer. The bouncers got paid more than the girls did. Just think about that. That I. Will. I mean, I it. It gives them good incentive to protect the girls. Yes. And before we shit talk a little too much about the dollar twenty five legal work for women at that time, at most paid three bucks a day. So they I were getting that every 15 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that, half an hour. I understand what you're saying. That does not, in fact, make it better. Um, but they could make their money. Their turnover was high because they would make their money and leave. Smart. I'm just saying, like, that that bouncer not only made more than each woman, but made it off each woman. So he made yeah. 20 times what those women made. True. Very true. That doesn't seem fair. None of it seems fair, but you know no. what I mean. Oh, yeah. And Diamond Lil was just swimming in women with their own condominiums, man. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I just. How did these women not. all? How were these women not always pregnant? I, I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they practiced the pullout method, the rhythm method. Who knows? Maybe she, instead of being internally lubed with jizz, she was externally That's why Diamond Lil uh, limited it to 15 minutes. She knew. No man could come no in 15 man, minutes. No man can come no in 15 minutes. No man can come in 15 minutes. 
Can't be done. <laughs> like everyone's waiting in a they've like queued up and they're all just like jerking it, getting ready. Yeah. Like, I've only got 15 minutes. I gotta get hard now. Um, so behind the bar, 10 dolls were stood up um, and each represented one of the girls and each one of the dolls kind of looked kind of like the girl. So that way you can be like, oh, I want that brunette. And then the brunette would come down and you would, you know, have your time. I was them. confused because I thought I was going to fuck the doll. But then a real <laughs> human woman came down and sucked my dick. It was weird. It was Do you, were they um, busy? Were they booked solid? I don't know. Um, from the I have so many I questions read, about I, this brothelry. I don't know how busy the saloon was, but because it was the fanciest, I can imagine that there were a number of, you know, there were probably a number of uh, clientele. Maybe. Got it. I just, that's such a long day. It's a real long day. Um, so once the girl was picked, the bartender would lay the doll down, signifying she is busy for the next 15 minutes. Um, and then once she was done, she put the money so she would take the five dollars when she was done, not before she was finished. But then after the end of the session, she would put it in a tube that then took the money down to behind a little safety deposit box that was behind the doll that represented her. So when the bartender heard the money fall down and sometimes they were paid in gold nuggets. Um, mm-hmm. So whenever they heard payment come down, he would put the doll back up because she was ready to go for round 85 of the day. Oh my God. According um, to this, $5 in, in the 1850s is the equivalent of $184 in buying power today. Wow. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. I wonder if she had diamond teeth. Yeah. Okay, but of that $5, those women are only making one. Mm-hmm. So it's like she's getting 100 bucks a bang. Yeah, well, she was getting 125 So it's 125 in 1897 money. Oh, you're going to be pleased to find out that it's $46. Okay. 80 bucks? No. No. 120-something dollars an hour? That's pretty good. I don't make that. <laughs> You also don't have men jizzing I on your face. I also don't have four men jizzing my ass an hour. So, <laughs> you know, there's a little yeah, give, I, I guess I there's a little give and take there. I don't. I think there's a lot more give than take. Yeah. Oof. Anyway, um, the brothel closed in 1901, but the bar remained. In 1914, the physical structure was wheeled on logs to its present location. Okay. Scooched it down the street. In 1978, a woman named Jan Rentmore bought the place and began restoring it to its former brothel glory. And, be- and began renting more of it out to people. That was good. That was a good plan. Her name there, babe. <laughs> began desalinating yeah. the floorboards. The hundred years of jizz just, just built up on those carpets. Just b- bleached the whole place. Yeah. During renovations, she discovered opium pipes. Nice. Uh, beer bottles. Nice. Garters. Nice. Feathers lace and other garments from the girls that they just like built over okay Um, the bar was reopened in 1980 and today the second floor is home to the red onion museum that as they say for 15 minutes it costs five bucks just like in olden times so you get a 15 minute tour for five dollars oh it's just like cute that they do that yeah it's cute so that they make most of their money from the tours upstairs but you can also stay for a drink and i think it's opened as a pizza restaurant now so you can get pizza i would eat pizza yeah at former at former you know vagina central 
Um. Anyway, I like vaginas and I like pizza. Me too. Hand. Um. And you'd be shocked to learn from our show this place is a little bit haunted. I don't I'm sure. It. I mean, um, there. I'm shocked. There are the ghost of billions of unborn children in that. Yes, it is just babies crying. That's all you hear. What was what was my number for like uh to like ten to the twenty third power was like a nano trillion or something. God. Something I'll like find that. it in my notes. That's that's how many babies are haunting this place. No, one theory is that a former worker named Lydia. Nanillion. Nanillion. A nanillion. So one theory is that a former worker, Lydia, is still hanging out upstairs in the former crib of her, you know, her employment. Oh, my God. She's still working? That poor woman. I don't think woman. she's still working, but she's still hanging up uh, out up there. I'm not really sure how they got her name. Or how they determine that some of the ghosty activity that takes place upstairs is attributed to her. Because it is just your very typical ghosty things. You hear noises. You hear people walking upstairs. You hear people what sounds like talking upstairs. Um, you smell her perfume. Like it's a very strong, and I guess, in like the 1800s, every woman wore lilac perfume. And then okay. when you smell the lilacs, it's frequently accompanied by a cold spot. Okay. So you're like, oh, okay, Lydia's here and she just chills in the upper floors. Um, but she's also quite helpful. She's still pulling her weight uh, upstairs, not in the fucking sense, but in the upkeep of the property. Um, she likes plants and okay. she is known to water the plants upstairs. Oh, that's nice of her. In fact, one person saw a shadow figure watering the plant in the former madam's room. She was like, I'm okay. just going to keep this bad boy alive here. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's very sweet. Um, and she likes the lady tour, uh, tourists. So she'll play tricks on men who come up and, you know, visit and tour and stuff. But with the girls, she likes to stroke their hair. Aww. Give them a little turkey stroke. Like, hey, hi, Aww. how you doing? Don't don't lead to a life of prostitution, please. Um, Diamond Lil is also believed to haunt the uh, Red Onion. Her spirit tends to hang out downstairs, though. Which is, I think, where she tried to drum up the most business. Okay. Um, so she is around the bar area and will like to, um, while you're sitting there enjoying a beverage, whisper in your ear and gently caress you. Hey, as if to why get don't you, you come upstairs and fuck one of these girls for five dollars? Yes, exactly. Do you want 15 minutes of fun? 15 minutes for five dollars. Yeah. This get your dick wet, big perfect. boy. Very, very wet. Very wet. Extremely wet. I can't tell you with what. You might what. slip on the stairwell on the way up and or down. Mm -hmm. But anyway, that is the story of the haunted Red Onion Saloon in Skagaway, Alaska. Oh, my God. And all of I the lady ghosts that are there. There's lots of lady ghosts. What? Tremendous. Well, yes. uh, hey, hang out for a second. All y'all will come back. We'll even get another story. You're going to love it. More haunted ladies. Stick around. Hey everyone, it's your old pal Stinky Willie Tibbs, and when I'm not banging broads for $5, I'm listening to the Booze and Brews podcast. You know how I learned about it? iTunes, because of all the great reviews. Have you submitted a review? Well, you should go do it if you haven't, you stupid idiot. Also, patreon.com slash booze and brews, the best audio episodes, video episodes, and show sketches done by the amazing and talented engineer Bob that you can find on the internet. 
Give us your money, like our new patron, Andrew. Hey, Andrew, thank you so much. You're a great guy. Also, social media websites. If you want to complain about old stinky Willie Tibbs being on the show, well, you can't do it, but you can try talking to us about it. Hey, we've got a Twitter. Booze and Bruce. We've got a Facebook. Booze and Bruce. And we have an Instagram. Booze Podcast. All right, back to the show. So, so, Engineer Bob, what is the decision about a bird being a cat? For everyone who tuned in, who remembers and gives a shit. I, I, you know what? I was super non-bothered by it, which uh, actually upset me. <laughs> I, was, I was excited to be pissed off at this fucking parrot. I was like, oh, it just says meow. That's not a big deal. I'm upset that I'm not upset. I'm, I'm upset that I didn't want to punt that parrot. <laughs> you know, if the what if the parrot had then tried to groom himself? If that parrot had started taking its little beclawed foot and rubbing it behind its non-existent ear, I would have... Okay, then you would have absolutely the fucking ballistic. Okay, but uh, it. yeah, it just said meow. It was cute, and then it pretended there was a dog chasing it. It's a very smart parrot. It's yeah, it's that bad dog, which uh, which is the thing that did piss me off because no dogs are bad. <laughs> they're all good dogs, Brent. Yep, all they're good. all good dogs. Parrot. Yep. You what idiot. Parrot name was I don't remember anymore. Parrot Brent. You know how to make you know how to make cat sounds, but not dog sounds. What kind of idiot parrot are you? You know what? I'm mad <laughs> at the parrot now. Now, now. I'm mad at the parrot. <laughs> That's what it's all took. right. You got the there. I'm happy. Dogs. We got there. <laughs> uh, my story has no dogs and no parents. Well, well shit. Right. But it does have a lady. Does it have onions? Mm. Absolutely not. Vagina slip and slides. No. Damn it. No. Fine. No. So I'm going to tell you about the blue lady. <gasps> Of the Moss Beach Distillery. Oh, now if this sounds familiar to you, it's because the Moss Beach Distillery shows up on a bunch of like top ten haunted places, yeah. like most haunted place in California. It's in all those lists. Yeah. Um. So I thought I was doing a, a heavy hitter. Yes. Now I'm not so sure. Oh, we'll get to it. Oh, interesting. Ooh. I mean, so Moss how Beach, can you compare your heavy hitter against my vagina monologues? Monologues. Slogalogs. <laughs> I don't think those vaginas were doing much talking. Um, you know so I was gonna make a horrible <laughs> joke. I, I was like, you both, you both are about to say something. Now you have to both say it. Say it. I was like, it's not quiet. They weren't making noise. I was like, no, she's queefing. I was gonna say. Yeah. I was about to say, is queefing talking? Yeah, she was making some kind of noise. There's some kind of noise coming out of there. <laughs> so gross. My story is so tame compared to yours, which is a real flip for us, you know? I know. Okay, so <laughs> sadly, there's no jizz in my story. Ah, fine. So. All right. Um, so Moss Beach, if you don't know, Moss Beach is in San Mateo County, which is, it's about 20 miles south of San Francisco. So it is in Northern California. Yes. Or NorCal. NorCal. Bud. Um, so, uh, we start our tale with a man named Frank Torres. So Frank Torres is a Peruvian immigrant. See. Um, so he had migrated at some point, uh, and then worked his way up. From, from, Peruvia. from Peruvia. And uh, so it, he started his career. He, he was in the restaurant business. He was like managing and running restaurants and bars. That's okay. what he did. Hmm. Apparently, he learned how to do that real good in Peru. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. the best restaurants <gasps> out down there. The best restaurants. So then um, the first time we really like catch Nyut. Uh, 
of Frankie mm-hmm. is in uh, 1923. He is arrested because oh. he's found to be selling booze out of the restaurant that he's running in San Francisco proper. Oh, and that uh, 1923 is, is during the selling booze. <laughs> Selling beers. Um, and he was fined five thousand dollars. Damn. Which is a wit or no, no, I'm so sorry. He was fined three hundred dollars, oh, which is about five thousand dollars today. Gotcha. Oh, Still. Five thousand dollars in nineteen twenty three. I mean, that's that's like a billion whores. <laughs> that's a lot of minutes with the That's with a the lot of jizz. Yeah. It is. It's a lot of jizz. It's too much jizz. It it's all too much jizz. Um so after he got caught doing that, he moved from San Francisco proper to Moss Beach. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, about 20 miles outside of San Francisco. There's just less police. There's less people. Uh, it's still right on the water, mm-hmm. as the name beach would indicate. Yeah. I mean, global um, warming. It's yeah. Yeah, soon so, not going to so be he, a beach. So he moves and starts working, uh, running the Marine View Tavern. Okay. Um, and Moss Beach pretty quickly within prohibition develops a reputation for like this is where canadian rum runners will come and make drops because it doesn't have the police presence that san francisco does it's a nice like sort of secluded out of the way beachy covey area mm-hmm. and it has a lot of porta potties um, so they can drop their drops off yeah they can drop their so dropsies. many drops um, so the it drops was kind are of like poops. That's the joke I was making. Oh, I got, it. I got. It. <laughs> okay, okay, well, I was just making sure the audience was on board with me. Thank with you. With your poop jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's you. Yeah. They know it's. Hey, a poop if joke. you got the joke, send us an email. Booze and Bruce don't, podcast don't, don't, at gmail. Don't do that. Don't Subject do that. line: I got the poop joke. <laughs> don't do that. He doesn't look at the email. Don't nope. do no, that. He does. I don't. He wouldn't I don't know. look at it. <laughs> He's, his wife looks at the email. Yeah. yeah. So send my wife an email. Booze and Bruce podcast no. gmail.com. <laughs> send my wife an email about poop. Yeah. I, I will love it. Did what you can... have a good BM today? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so speaking of wives, um, the it was pretty much an open secret that like all the places along Moss Beach were selling alcohol, but mm-hmm. especially the Marine View Tavern. So when, uh, so Frankie is running the business and he's partnered with the woman who owns the business, a woman, Ooh, a woman who owns think. this business. Feminism. Way to go. Way to go, babe. Um, so she is tired of her fucking husband and his bitching. So they are getting a divorce. It's oh. a very contentious divorce. Great. And within the divorce proceedings, like court documents, he claims that she is making over a thousand dollars a week in Whoa. illegal alcohol sales because he's trying to get a piece of that money. Right. Um, so that's about $17,000 a week. Dang. Did the up convert. Yes. And that's her cut of it. Dang. Wow. Yes. So he said in his statement, quote, it is widely known to the public, with the exception of the U.S. prohibition authorities and the San Mateo officials from the county. It's known to everybody except the government, but now the government as well. We need to know it. And and like they still didn't give a fuck. Wow. Um, yeah, so so there's this like, and in his court documents, he also was like, that South American partner of hers is doing all these. So he's like calling out Frankie for like being the one selling the booze. Uh-huh. Frankie likes his booze. Um, so then he took his $17,000 a week and opened up his own place. So he oh. moved away from the Marine View Tavern. He built up his own place and he calls it Frank's Place. Hey, man, that's great. This has a very Casablanca feel to it. it. 
I love it. Yeah. So he, it, it becomes like very, it's right on the water, gorgeous views, like uh, out to the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, so it becomes very popular with like all the silent movie stars and also like it's San Francisco. So there's a lot of like public officials and like politicians who come through town. They'll come through as well. Yeah. They think it's fine. Right. Um, and they again, very, Everybody loves very much an, an open secret that they're selling boots and it's all coming up because they're the closest to the water. So it seems like all of the liquor comes up through the basement of Frank's place. Um, and then it's like distributed out to the rest of Moss Beach. Okay. Um, so everyone kind of knows it. He never gets in trouble for it. Never in the history of that restaurant was it ever once raided. Nice. Hmm. No one gave a shit. He greased the palms of so Tremendous. many officials. Yeah. Really, he, did, he had to do really was serve did. Them what he had at his restaurant. Yeah. They just wanted the fucking booze. They're like, man, we passed the stupid law. This stuff was great. This law is dumb. I think they got them so drunk they forgot that there was booze. <laughs> yes, yes. Why do I feel like shit? I don't know. I have a really bad. I don't headache. know, man. My, Frank's my weird. My socks are off. Um, so it continued to be successful and popular even once prohibition ended and they okay. were able to legally sell alcohol God. it's like a steak and fish place it's a fancy restaurant mm-hmm. um, so eventually Frank retires and he passes the restaurant along to his son Vic mm-hmm. and Vic continues to run the restaurant for a couple years he unexpectedly dies of a heart attack in 1964 R.I.P. Mm. R.I.P. Vic so then it like sort of bounces around to a couple other people it stays a restaurant it changes name Names. Um, it it becomes after prohibition. It is when it becomes the Moss Beach Distillery uh-huh. because they're able to. It seems they don't actually make booze there now. They don't distill any, so it's false advertising. They they sell booze, but I couldn't find any like this is what we make. But we're in-house. actually a fucking distillery. No. I don't. Yeah, and like lots of locals just call it the distillery, mm. but I don't think they actually distill anything there. And false advertisement. Not gonna yeah, give so, my hard earned money to that establishment. I know. So then in the 1980s, we're going to get to the false advertisements. Don't you worry. Oh, good. In the 1980s, a couple named Mike and Shirley Sarno buy the establishment. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is where we start to see the legend of the blue lady. So never before Mm -hmm. was it ever talked about that there was a blue lady at this place. Except in the 80s, once people's cocaine habits start really kicking off. Hell yeah. Yeah. In the 19. 1980s is when this legend starts to come around um and they and it, it comes up in like the very first they're being like interviewed about like oh you're reopening this restaurant and they're like talking about this ghost oh okay hmm. um so they're the the like classicness of this ghost the the building of this ghost is that she is a woman from prohibition era she looks like she's an old-timey lady in an old-timey dress with a big fancy hat um and the story is that this woman was a married woman she was unhappily married and she was in love with the man who played piano at the bar oh and she loved him um but sadly her husband found out about them one night they were like walking along the beach together the husband finds them he shoots the woman and beats up the dude and the next morning they find her dead and him unconscious oh boy 
Yes. So that is how we get ourselves a blue lady. Yep. And the people uh, in the 80s, all the news reports are like, yeah, she's here. Like, she's not doing She's not sad. She's like playing little pranks and being helpful. She's just like a funny little ghost that we have. The like big story that lots of newspapers printed was that she likes to, as everyone's closing down for the day, she likes to walk through the kitchen and (laughs) slap all the employees on the butt. Good job today. Wow. She like a baseball to give player. Butt nice. Good job. Which I would just like Good to, too. you know, yeah. kindly remind you, consent, consent, blue lady. Those people didn't consent to have their butts touched. Unless they did. Maybe you signed it in your employment contract. Or you maybe got it there. was a different time. It was the 60s. 80s. You know, it was the 80s. What a, 80s. It's. It was 40 years ago. It's still a different time. Point stands. Point stands. I'm just saying, maybe they were like scrubbing the grill down and like popping it out a little bit, being like, yeah. give me a smack, blue lady. She's like, I want to I scrub down these, these buns. Yeah. Um, but then at some point in the 1990s, someone does a little more investigating into the ghost and the legend of the blue lady. Okay. And they discover that whilst this uh, establishment was very, very popular during Prohibition, one of the people who used to come all the time is a man named what I assume is Dashiell Hammett, Dashiell. who's a writer, a writer of like spy novels, mystery novels. Ooh. He's writing like pop, pop fiction books, you yeah. know? So he wrote a book called The Girl with the Silver Eyes, which was supposed to be inspired by the Moss Creek Distillery. Okay. Okay. Um, so the book is, the like blog line of the book is that it's about a PI who's doing an investigation in a roadhouse that is south of San Francisco that's apparently engaging in run running, run running during Prohibition. Run running. Run running. Run running. Irish wristwatch. Um, which sounds very much like the story of this place. Yeah. So now I will, uh, and the the story, so there's the P.I., and of course he comes across looking very sexy, femme fatale. Of course. Um, and I've this femme LA fatale, obviously she has silver eyes, hence the woman with the silver eyes, and she also always she wears a that. shiny blue dress. Oh, she, okay. would you say she was a devil with a blue dress on? Would you? I would say she's a blue lady. <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, so I will now read you the description from the book okay. of this woman. Oh, God. Okay. Here okay. we go. Here we go. She was a slender girl in a glistening blue gown that exhibited a generous spread of front, back, and arms that were worth showing. Oh. Front and okay. back and side to Clearly side. Clearly written by a man. Okay. A okay. generous, generous spread of spread. front back and, and arms. arms she sounds that like she sounds showing. like a thanksgiving dinner Gross. yeah mm-hmm. let she me had see a, them drumsticks okay we're not done she had a mass of dark brown hair above an oval face of the color that pink ought to be pink her her eyes were wide set and a gray shade that wasn't altogether unlike the shadows on polished silver that the poet had compared them to uh, okay. All right. I mean, I she's feel got, like she's got a big round face that should be pink and wide set eyes. She's she's got fetal alcohol. I was like, I don't know, but apparently she real pretty and she wears a blue dress. She's got an oval shaped face with a massive brown hair, which only to me seems like just a pile of like unkempt black hair or like brown hair with with fucking fish baby eyes. Yeah. And not um, so, pink, pink face. Yeah. Sure. So when people find this book, they're like, okay, well, this is the blue lady. Like, 
So they don't know if it's based on a real person that used to hang around the restaurant uh-huh. or if the legend of the blue lady grew up around this fictitious character that this very popular like mystery writer wrote. Although the reviews of the book were like, they were like, quote, like not his most famous or his best received. Yeah, because not that description was not great. I know a wide front. What does that mean? Like what? I, and the arms, like I don't understand a wide arms spread? that deserve to be like. I was like, are you trying to say she has big tits? I yes. don't know. She's got big tits, big ass, and you know what? Guns. She's she lifts. She sounds she, a little I'm, bit like she's a truck. I'm just trying to say, as a woman with big tits, if someone called told me I had a wide, wide front, what? yeah, I don't think I would take kindly to it. Yeah, you're I don't not think that would be met well. Not not going to get my phone number there, bud. No. Um, so the, but the, the restaurant, these new owners super leaning into the ghostiness, they love it. Mm. Uh, so much so that then like when people discover like, oh, maybe it's this character you made up based on this book. They're like, no, she's totally fucking real to prove it. We're going to bring in the biggest psychic around. We're going to bring in Sylvia Brown. (gasps) Sylvia Brown. Yeah, we're going to bring her in and they are like all this press about like we're not going to give her any prompting or any background on this space and she's just going to come in and like get vibes. All right. Now, they planned this for like a year and a half. So she had plenty of time to do her own background. Yeah, Google may not have existed, but you you can go to a yeah. library. She also wasn't so an she- avid reader. So she shows up and she's like, there's a ghost of a woman named Mary here. There's other ghosts. This requires a much bigger seance. We're going to need to have a private dinner and sell tickets and do a seance. And I'll tell you all about it. Oh, of course. Yeah, let me make some money. Sell tickets. Exactly. I'm sure that's what everyone wanted. So then they do it. And then she says that the main voice coming through is a woman named Mary Morley. Okay. Who is a married woman. A married Morley. A Mary married Morley. Mm -hmm. Um, But she is in a love triangle with a man named John Cantina. Who's a playboy? Oh, they and a woman, as, also known as Cunty John. Yeah, also. Cunty John and Anne Philbrook. Oh, okay. Um, so she basically says how these what is happening is John, uh, Mary is in love with John, mm-hmm. but John is dating Anne. Ooh, but so Mary and John are triangle. having an affair. Uh-huh. Which so so John is cheating on Anne with Mary. Mary yes. is also cheating because she's married to some third person who's just fourth person who's too not much in this of a story. soap opera here. Yeah, so everyone's Anne fucking everybody find, else. Mar- yes, Marky got with Sharon. Sharon, Sharon got, got Sharice. They, they were Sharon, 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 Sharon on the, on the topic, topic of, of disease. disease. You know, you yep. know the story. Exactly. Um, so Anne finds out that John is cheating. She's very upset and she throws herself into the ocean. Oh, no. And then Mary, fa- fairly quickly thereafter, dies of a, quote, crushing injury. Oh, she got smooshed um, to death. S- yeah. So they're like, oh, ass. my gosh. So then the people who run the restaurant start to like dig into public records and they're like, oh, my God, there was a woman named Mary Morley oh who died in a car accident oh my right God. by the restaurant in 1919. Oh, it must be her. She must be the blue lady. We found be. her. Done. We know who Sleuth. she is. Yeah. Except except no. Oh, oh. except no. What a letdown. Because. Because the newspaper reports that said like she died on like this highway, Mm -hmm. which the highway goes right by the restaurant Mm -hmm. where she died was like a hundred miles from the restaurant, which, by the way, wasn't built yet. 
Oh. Because she died in 1919. That restaurant wasn't built until 19, like, 28. 20-something? What if she, yeah. like, what, what, what if after she, she died, traveler. she was like, this place rules? Yeah, maybe she would, like. This is where my ghost will stay. Yeah, maybe, like, but she, she didn't even, road. she didn't even die anywhere near it. And they couldn't find any records of a John Cantina or an Anna Philbrook. Like, oh. those two people, even, like, if, if someone committed suicide by throwing themselves into the ocean over There'd a lover's spat. be an article written about it. Yeah, there was an absolutely nothing. Ooh. So they're like, all right, maybe you're a fake psychic. Like yeah, the, maybe, the, yes, 100%. Yeah. The pre-internet got very grumpy about it. Mm. So then the show was, the uh, restaurant was like, no, no, no. We're definitely real ghosts. We're going to prove it. We're going to bring out some ghost hunters. <gasps> Do they bring out our so, ghost boys? They don't. I'm sad to say. In 2008, they brought out the ghost hunters, the okay. TAPS guys. All right. All right. So not our ghost adventurers. They brought out ghost hunters and... Fairly quickly into this episode, they find a bunch of fucking triggers that like launch effects that do things that the restaurant claims are haunting. No. Oh. So they found like um that whole they found, episode like, a, would be debunked. I know. I was like, I wish Zach Bagans had found it. It would have been so have good. Found it. That's the thing. He would have been like, whoa, what the? So there was apparently something where like something would trigger and like a ghostly face would show up for like a quarter of a second in the mirror. Uh, but it was in the mirror. Mirror. Um, but it was triggered. It was it was a false effect. They had this Definitely phone that was like set to just ring and ring and ring. And when you answered it, there was no one there. Oh. And they had like a little miniature hidden speakers that like piped in like a woman's laughter. Uh-huh. <laughs> like these are things that they found and they were like, this is all fucking fake. And the restaurant's like, no, no, it's real. We don't know how those got there. So sure. then in 2018, the guy who put them in, who's a former Disney Imagineer, oh. was like, yeah, they hired me to, to build all this stuff to make it look like this place was haunted. Wow. <laughs> I used to work on the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Yeah. So they room actually they say longer? their their defense was that, look, this place is haunted. There is a blue lady. Sure. But she doesn't sure. come out when the restaurant is full. She comes sure. out at nighttime. She comes out when people are alone. But there are stories from lots of our employees over the years that there is a real ghostly presence within this space and we were they just leaned into it too hard okay they, yes sure. they, they girl bossed too, too close, close to, the, to sun. the sun yeah yeah um and they really did because like this article there this guy is like these are the things i did to th- i went on their website this morning and they're like we have a phone that like mysteriously rings and we don't no, know why yes you still- do because you paid someone to do that like, I'm sorry, the internet now exists where I could yeah. just Google and find out that you guys were, like, discovered 10 years yeah. ago, and then five years ago, some other, you, the guy you hired was like, yeah, it's fake. Yeah, and it's, um like, their website says nothing about the Ghost Hunters episode. Of course But not. it's all about the fact that there's an episode of Unsolved Mysteries about them. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sure, they, sure. like, but not nary a mention of the Ghost Hunters episode that no, debunked them. Not the one that was, like, debunked. Yeah. So, going back to the fact that they're, they claim the employees are like, no, 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 this place is really haunted. Mm-hmm. So, then I found a bunch of first-hand accounts from employees, okay. current and former, who were like, it is true. She only interacts with the staff, really, because it's when you're, like, here and alone and it's late at night. But there is very much a ghost here. All right. 
So this one woman who had worked there for years and years, and she was always very vocal about the fact that like she was afraid of ghosts. She wanted nothing to do with ghosts. She never wanted the ghost around her. And if the ghost could hear her, if it could please just leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And the ghost is most often down in the basement, which mm-hmm. is where the, the alcohol used to come up through. Um, so one night she's closing. Everyone's trying to get out early. And normally she only goes down there with other people but like she had to go down there alone and she was really nervous about it and she said as she was walking downstairs she was like feeling very afraid and very alone and being like I don't want to be here alone and she felt like a very comforting hand like rubbing her like upper back and back of her neck like it's okay I'm not gonna hurt you I'm a ghost but you're okay not that spooky it's okay oh yeah no this is very spooky but it's okay but it's okay. Yeah, apparently the woman was like, stop, I don't want it. I don't, that's not consent. This is not enthusiastic consent. This is yes. enthusiastic disconsent. Yeah. So lots of people say that most commonly what happens is if you're working downstairs, you'll be like stocking things. And it's very small, uh, like walkthrough shelving space back there. And so they'd have to like move by each other to like work in the same space. So lots of times you'd be down there working and someone would like tap your shoulder or like gently push you to the side as if they want to squeeze by. Mm. And you'll move out of the way and realize there's no one there. Oh, you'll just hear an, oh, let me squeeze past you right yeah, there. Oh, oh, do you mind? Excuse me. Oh, oh she's going to squeeze past you one time. Yep. She's just trying to get through. Um, and w- I got a, f- a story from an accountant who was like working late alone one night, like trying to balance the books or whatever. And she started to get a little afraid. And she was like, I wish I wasn't here on my own. Like, I wish that I didn't have to do this so late at night by myself. And all of a sudden, the printer turned on. And it starts printing a page. No. Uh And she's like, what the actual fuck? And then she goes and gets the paper. And it just has a heart on it. Aw. It just printed out a little heart. Like, you're okay, babe. No, I would have. What a sweet ghost this is. I would have burned the place down and ran away. I know. Um, And she's definitely aware that she's there and she's a ghost. Right. Because I found another story of these two employees who were there late, like shooting the shit after their shift, talking about ghosts and like exchanging different occurrences with the ghost. And one of them was kind of being like, yeah, I've seen some stuff, felt some stuff. I'm just not really that sure. And then like right next to them, like there was a clipboard hanging on the wall and it started like moving back and forth. And then she was like, do you think that's the ghost? And then it just pushed itself off the nail and fell to the ground yes she's like yeah i'm fucking here yes believe in me yeah we both saw this you don't know what to believe this is your proof me yeah so most of the stories come from these employees there are a couple other people who've like people have taken photos and there's like a very misty figure in the background that could be a woman in an old-timey dress and a wide-brimmed hat Mm -hmm. um there were also a couple other stories apparently children see her she shows herself to children sometimes so like if a kid is crying or bored then like she'll show up and she does something to make the child laugh and they'll be like what are you laughing at and they'll be like the funny lady the lady in the hat like things like that creepy in a way that no one else sees so i think that while the restaurant girl boss too hard to the sun too close to the sun yeah i think there really is a ghost there yeah and it just sounds that way yeah yeah um, it's not a selling point like the, the yeah. type of actual ghosty activities not a selling point for people in the door so they had to like get people in the door yeah it reminded me of like remember when we went to the winchester mystery house which is supposed to be really haunted but when we went on the ghost tour it was like a bunch of scare effects yes yeah. it wasn't real good mm-hmm. yeah it felt a little bit like that okay so they obviously lean into it um 
I did not find any booze that they make there, but their signature cocktail is called the Blue Lady. Nice. 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 Yeah, it's like a vodka cocktail. And in their sort of defense of the fact that the restaurant goes too hard Mm -hmm. and maybe the employees are therefore encouraged to make up these stories to like keep the myth alive or whatever. They interviewed one worker who'd been there for like 10 or 15 years and she said, honestly, they don't pay me enough to make me a liar. (laughs) (laughs) That I like. That I like. She's honest. So that's the story of the blue lady from the Moss Beach Distillery, which for being such a heavy hitter, I don't know. Not quite a heavy hitter, mostly. I think that it is haunted, fake. but I don't. The like the fakeness of it is really something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of the fakeness, this raspberry flavor kind of fake. Yep. Oh um, no! In this beer, has it grown on you at all? Does it taste less watered down? Um, it's not bad. It's not. It's, I mean, what, what what is the ABV on this? Five. You, uh, five percent this, this is poundable there's nothing offensive about it it's not incredible but i think of everything that we've had from mankato this is probably the best yeah there's 15 yeah, it, it's, it's just very blonde disip- so what so what, there's a fake raspberry yeah it's kind of got a fake raspberry and then it's just like a standard sort of blonde ale but there isn't a lot of spice in the blonde there's not a lot of like you don't really taste much hop. Yeah. You don't taste much malt. Like it's, it's just it's largely sort of forgettable. Bland. But there's nothing wrong with it. Like it's, yeah, it's so not it gross. Just, yeah. But like you could buy a six pack and then put a couple of them down and not feel like you've had a terrible day. Yeah, it's fine. So it's a Budweiser with beaver no, butt syrup in it. I'd say I'd say I'd take it's this over Budweiser, Budweiser if I'm being honest. Okay, it's okay though. Oh, yeah. it's you're grow. It's growing on you. You're defending it. Yeah, I would defend it against it's. It's better than a baseball beer, but it's not like I. Uh, you know, when you've been when you've had as many craft beers as this podcast has, you can be <laughs> a little, a little bit more uh, picky and choosy. And uh, I, I wouldn't choose it, but if you had this versus something else, I'd, I, I might pick this. It's okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, this is a part of the show where old pal Bob gets to pick a winner. Hey, guess what I like? Old timey prospectors. Yeah. I like to do with the boys. It's a lot of fun. You know what else I love? Uh, scrubbing down people's buns. You know, sometimes that's what ghosts love to do, and that yep. happened in one of these stories. You know what else I love? Pizza brothels. Bang, and get a slice. Delicious. You know what else I love? Women being described as trucks. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> trucky um, women. Trucky, yeah. trucky women. You know what else I love? Austro-Hungarian brothel marms. They're going <laughs> to yes. make sure you fucking get your money yes. for it. There's one thing I hate. Yeah. It's when a story doesn't have any jizz, so Melissa wins. Wow. <laughs> I won for jizz. I- I, I was fairly confident that I, I was coming in light with my middling ghostiness. Right. I didn't know I was going to be up against a mountain of jizz. Yeah. yeah. Like a literal river waterfall of Yeah. Ejaculate. I mean, I, I would have uh, come correct had I hey. known. Rivers of ejaculate. Yep. What were you supposed to do? I, I nothing. nothing. Just be swept away in the tide. Nothing to be done. That's right, and hope that somebody comes and rescues you from your river. Hey, oh. Oh, God, don't let me die in a river of jizz. Do not no let me it. die in a river of jizz. I will haunt you forever. I will haunt every single one of you. <laughs> and in a bad way, not in a funny touch your butt <laughs> way. All right, all right, good to know. In Won't a bad it. way. Bad touches. Fine. All right, well, speaking of bad touches, come back next week. <laughs> we'll bad touch you again. <laughs> There'll be more booze. And there will be brews. <laughs> Until then. Cheers. cheers. Ooh, I don't want to bad touch them. <laughs>